The Right Fit Podcast is brought to you by Rising Coaches Search and Consulting. If you are hiring and you need help identifying, vetting, and recruiting five to 10 finalists that fit the profile of your institution, then reach out to Rising Coaches. We have experience helping organizations hire ADs, head coaches, and assistant coaches in every sport, and even corporate positions. Our prices are designed to fit small college budgets. For more information, visit risingcoaches.com. All right, welcome to The Right Fit, the show where we sit down with athletic directors and ask them to pull back the curtain on the hiring process. Um, sure. Today we are joined by Heath Schroyer, the athletic director at McNeese State. Coach Schroyer, thanks for being with us. Hey, thank you for having me. It's a, it's a pleasure to be here and be on, and uh, you guys do such a great job. We were talking a little bit before uh, we went on air, and uh, I'm just in awe of, of what this has become, and it's uh, it's humbling for me to be a part of it. So thanks for having me. Well, we appreciate it. And thanks for the kind words. Uh, before we jump in, uh, today's episode is brought to you by Connor Sports, the world leader in indoor playing surfaces. Uh, so Heath, when you get that $50 million donation to build a new, <laughs> well, you guys got a new gym, but for your next one, make sure you call our guys at connorsports.com. Uh, they do everything from NBA arenas all the way down to church league. So awesome. Um, Connor sports. Uh, okay. Heath, thanks for being with us. You, uh, yeah. you've had a long and successful coaching career yeah. and, uh, this year transitioned into the athletic director role. Was that something that was always in the cards for you? Was that a goal or did that just, did that opportunity present itself? You know, um, you know, you always think about when you're in coaching, you know, what, what else can you do? You know, what, what, and then, you know, what does the end game look like? And, um, you know, so I, I've always, you know, kind of had that thought and then, uh, but never, you know, I've, I've always been intrigued by administration. You know, I, I've worked with some amazing athletic directors uh, in my time and, um, you know, the Debbie Yow's of the world and, and Jim Livengoods. I mean, those two are, you know, pioneers in, uh, in the AD world. And, you know, I was always in awe of, of, of what they were able to do and what they were able to accomplish and, um, but anyway, so, you know, it, it happened here where, you know, the president called me in last summer and just said, hey, you know, will you mind stepping in on an interim basis and, and help me out here? Um, you know, we're in the middle of COVID and all that. And I said, sure. So I don't really know much about it, but I'll be I'll, I'll be glad to help. And um, and so I jumped in and, you know, that's my personality is I've always tried whenever I got into something, I, I jump all in and, and try to make it better and help and um you know, so then obviously the two hurricanes come here and, try, you know, just leading the department through some, you know, unprecedented times. I mean, uh, you know, everyone went through COVID or is going through COVID, but then to have all of your facilities decimated and, um, you know, it was a lot. And uh, so just working with the president on a daily basis through all that of relocating our teams and um, then, you know, come December, he said, uh, you know, I, I'm going to pull the interim tag off and you can do both here. And, um, so that was, that's, that was the plan and we were going to do both. And then really, honestly, you know, we got into first of February and I was, I was just worn out, um, just, uh, emotionally and physically exhausted. And I've had obviously numerous conversations with the president throughout this. And I just said, you know, I just can't do both. We got into February and, um, and, you know, he just said, well, pick which one you really want to do. And, um, and, you know, I said this before, but to you is, you know, I got into coaching because to, to impact lives, right? I mean, that's really when I got into it because 
I was a dairy farmer's kid. I was a first generation college student. Without basketball, I would have never went to college. So basketball and, and coaches truly changed the trajectory of my life and my family's lives. Um, so I wanted to be able to give back to, to, you know, to other kids. And I did that for 26 years. But what I found is in this chair, you can impact even more people, um, you know, from a different perspective. And, and you know, I, I, there was a lot of it that I really, you know, liked and uh, the planning and the preparation. And uh, so that's kind of really how it all, all happened. What do you think you'll miss the most about the coaching side? Uh, practice. Um, I, I'll miss some, a lot of the practice, I think, because I'm still an X and O. You know, I, I still see the game. I watch the NCAA tournament, and, you know, watch pick and roll coverages and all that. It's just how my mind always will be, I'm sure. Um, I'll miss the camaraderie of my coaches. Um, I always, you know, really tried to have great relationships with my coaches um, and their families. I'll probably miss that. But, you know, I, I now I look at it as, you know, I have an administrative team here and, you know, I'm really trying to build that team and, and spend a lot of time with them. But that's probably what I'll miss. And, um, you know, you do it so long. I mean, I was in it 20, 26 years and um, and you chase it and chase it. And you're and it's awesome. It's a phenomenal profession. Um, I would not change one bit. but um, you know, I think, you know, Kevin Eastman one time in a, in a coaching you segment that I was on or was I at, he said, you know, at some point in time, you have to figure out when you're going to leave the chair to somebody else and, and move to a different chair. And um, I just felt like uh, I never wanted to leave a year or two too late. I always wanted to leave maybe a year or two too early. Um, I didn't want, never wanted to limp out. And, and I just thought this was the right time and uh, in the right place. Other than, you know, this is going to sound ridiculous, but other than the pandemic and the hurricanes and all the unprecedented stuff sure. this past year, other than that, what's been the most challenging part of the new role or maybe the most unexpected? Well, there's just so much of it that I don't know um, from, you know, the, the institutional knowledge from this chair, you know, the, the, the overall budgets, um, you know, all of the Title IX issues that uh, you always have to, to watch, um, you know, understanding that, you know, every, you know, when you're a coach, you live in a silo in a way. I mean, you, you if you're going to be really good, you get consumed by your team and your program. Um, but to, to truly understand that, you know, every sport is part of something bigger than that. And I've just relied on, you know, my instincts as a coach. I, you know, I look at it the same way. You have compliance, you have academics, you have fundraising, you have all these different components, just like you have bigs and guards. And, you know, I meet with them every day and, and we have definitive goals and objectives and, um, and how we're going to go about our business. And, you know, we have, a you know, developing a culture here, just like we did in, in a court. Um, you know, it, it's really simple. It's, you know, student athlete centered and, and fan and donor friendly. So if we, if we're always student athlete centered and we always are thinking about, you know, how we take care of our fans and how we take care of our donors, um, you know, I think we can lead this department to new heights. And so it's really, I mean, it's it just, it's coaching, you know, it, it's just, uh, I just don't go out there with a the ball every day. Um, you seem like a, lot, a guy that likes to go and, and take action. And I know we were on a, we were <laughs> No, really? <laughs> <laughs> well, so I say that to preface this, like we were in a gym once on the road recruiting and, mm -hmm. uh, we sat there, it was like an hour and they spent like 45 minutes stretching and talking. And you For said sure. one of my favorite lines ever, which is uh, bad times, uh, I'm sorry, bad teams 
stretch and meet. That's right. Right. Good teams practice. Good teams practice. Right. <laughs> always, all the young coaches always remember that. If you got a bad team, you spend so much time stretching and meeting. And when you have a good team, they just practice. And, uh, and it's true. I mean, and coach Tarkanian said that to me years ago, um, when I was a, an assistant coach at Fresno city college and he was at Fresno state. And I remembered that. Um, and it really is, it, it, it rang true. The best teams I had, we didn't have to have a lot of, you know, um, hold hands meetings. And, you know, we just went and did our job and we worked and, and we practiced. And, uh, that's true. I do remember, I'm, we're not going to put the, the, the program on here, but I remember <laughs> that day for sure. Um, okay. So what's the admin version of that? What's the admin version of stretching and meeting? You know, it's, it's, it's interesting, but, uh, I, I told our coaches, I told our staff, you know, we're not just going to meet to meet, um, you know, we're, we're going to have clear objectives on one every, you know, when we do meet and obviously my senior staff and I meet, um, it, it's 60 minutes and it's no more than that. And it's usually about 45 and we, you know, we have uh, clear, um, uh, directives that we want to hit. And then what I've tried to do and, and what I've done is, um, and I'm in the process of restructuring the entire department and, very similar to what I did as a head coach is, okay, if you're, if you're the guards coach, I'm not going to tell you every day, you know, what to do with your guards or the bigs. Um, if it's your scouting report, you know, how much film you want to watch. Here's the, here's what I need. I want to get the guards better than that. You know, I want to get the guards good at these things, but you might have a drill that's better than my drill. And I don't, I think that's why my coaches have always grown. Um, and, and, you know, I've had four, former assistants that have went on to division one head coaches. And I would encourage all young assistants to find coaches to work for that are going to empower you. Um, and that, so it's the same thing. I mean, to be honest with you is, and then I, I have my senior staff and they're in charge of different, co different sports and different uh, parts within the department. And I let them, you know, run those departments and um, you know, with the, Hey, we're going to be student athlete centered and we're going to be donor and fan friendly. So um, as long as it fits under that, you know, I'm not going to micromanage how the ticket office is run. I just want it to be run and we run efficiently. I love it. Okay. Let's get to some of the hiring stuff. Um, okay. I would imagine the most difficult part of your new job as, as director of athletics is having to make the decision to make a change in a program. Mm -hmm. How do you know when it's time to make that change? Ooh, um, I think as a, as a former coach, you, you, it probably helps me a little bit in this way. I think, you know, when um, there's, there's, there's a disconnect between the players and the coach and, and, or the community, uh, the fan base, um, you know, I think that, um, you know, when the kids don't, aren't, aren't responding to, and that could be, on the floor, off the floor, you know, is the culture really, um, is the culture taking a hit? You know, are we, you know, so just it's, it's for me, it's not just one component. It's, um, you know, obviously we're all judged on wins and losses and, and to think that that's not, you know, uh, a big, probably the number one thing is, is we're kidding ourselves, but, um, you know, on, but it comes down to the disconnect, you know, are we disconnected um, on the team over a course of time? I'm not, I don't make an evaluation over one year or one season because anyone as a coach can, you know, get a bad player or two, have a tough recruiting class on and on. But over the course of time, um, are we trending in the right direction? Is the culture um, healthy? 
And, you know, is there a connection between the players and the coach that the players want to play for the coach? You can see that on the floor. There's a passion, excitement. And when you lose those things, um, you know, unfortunately, we're, we're in a business where we're all evaluated. And that's when I think you have to make a change. Okay, every AD talks about they've got that list of coaches in their back pocket or in their desk sure. in case uh, there is an opening. Sure. Um, how, how can an assistant coach uh, or a head coach or a former head coach, how can someone get on that list of yours? Mm-hmm. I think, honestly, for me is, and, and I can only speak for myself, but um, I like people who are authentic. Um, I like grinders. Um, I, was, I was not given a silver spoon. Um, I look for, um, you know, people who are successful at the lower levels with not a lot of budget, um, the passion that those guys have for the game and those ladies have for the game, um, the, uh, the ability to really communicate. I'm a handwritten note guy. It's just me. I always take notice now of, uh, of a handwritten note. I still, you know, my secretary laughs at me, but the first thing I do every morning at 745 between 7.45 and 8 is I write handwritten notes to people that I met or talked to the, the day previously. Um, so, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I think those are all things that, uh, to me, always stand out. And, um, and I think don't be afraid to just go and meet people. Um, you know, I, I think that, you know, it all comes down to relationships. And, you know, and, and I think for young coaches, and I had to understand this too, is you might be a great fit in this situation or in this one, but maybe not in this one. And it doesn't, you know, you're not a fit everywhere, right? You know, you're just not. And, you know, not every situation is the perfect fit. So um, I think it all comes down to meeting people and following up, um, having great relationships and being authentic. You know, there's a lot of people out there in the world today and coaching, in my opinion, that, um, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's a social media world, but I think the more you can um, differentiate yourself by being truly authentic, um, I, I, that, that's what I would recommend. Okay. And now, um, let's throw out a hypothetical here. You've got sure. an open position. Um, maybe we've met at some point. Mm-hmm. We're not close, but we've met. Yep. Um, do you like people to reach out to you about a job? Do you want them to go through maybe a mutual friend, a donor, uh, somebody on the board? How do you like people to kind of try to get involved? I rather than meet with, you know, I would rather than contact me straight, straight me, um, because it's like I used to say in recruiting, you know, when I, when I'd sit down with kids and parents and as a head coach in particular said, you know, at the end of the day, I'm going to put you in the game. And at the end of the day, if things go well or they don't, you're going to call me. Right. So having a third party contact me, well, that's, that's nice, you know, and, but, the conversation has to be, I think, with the, the the person in me. I'm not someone that really likes to deal with third parties, and then everyone's different. But you know, I you know, I don't like people, you know, having a hundred people call me or text me. I mean, you know, if I don't know you well enough to have a conversation, then you know, it's probably not gonna we're probably not gonna go much farther than that personally. Um, but that's me. Everyone, you know, every everyone is is different. Um, but that's how I look at it. Okay. Um, now let's say, you know, I'm in the, I'm in the mix. Mm-hmm. I've gone past the first round of zoom interviews. Sure. Um, I've kind of heard both things. I've heard people do it both ways. Some people say it's best to just let the process play out, 
it's hard to be patient, but this is where you really need to exercise patience. And other people have said, Hey, like, I want to show them that I want the job. So I'm going to hit them with something every day or every other day, a text, a, an email, a handwritten note, something brief, but I want to keep hitting them to make sure they know uh, how bad I want it. Where do you fall on that spectrum? I don't think, I, I think a handwritten note, um, a text, um, you know, something like that, you know, if you get through the first round of interviews, the second round is going to be in the next two or three days. Um, you know, so if you send a, a note after that, um, I think is really, really, you know, I, I, I think that's really smart. I mean, I did that. I was a head, you know, I've been a division one head coach four different times. Um, and, you know, I didn't go after every job. Um, I went, you know, but the people who hired me, I had a relationship with over the course of time. And, you know, and I, the, the first conversation was always, what are you looking for? I mean, you know, my skill set, does it fit what you need or does it not? And that's okay. Um, and so, but I think the handwritten notes, I think a, a quick follow-up, I think all those are great. Um, you know, sending a whole booklet and, you know, with all, you know, every person that you recruited and all that stuff. Personally, I don't even read it. You know, I don't, um, you know, I, I, I just, it's more about saying, hey, look at me instead of, you know, hey, I want to come and be a part of your university and your culture and what you're building as a university. Um, that's the biggest thing for me. Okay. You kind of touched on this earlier, but you won at a lot of, you know, quote unquote, difficult places to sure. win at. Sure. Um, does that require a different skill set than maybe uh, winning at a different type of school? I think so. I, I think that um, for, I, I think that there's some people who are built to truly grind. And I think there's some people who, um, not that it's right or wrong, but, um, you know, is, is, is better suited at a, at somewhere that's kind of already up and rolling. You know, I've always been drawn to rebuilding projects. Um, you know, I never cared about the amount of guarantee games I played or my record or those things. And, you know, I wanted to build programs, um, and, you know, and, and it, it's, it's hard, you know, it really is, is, is. You know, you do it three, two, three, four, it's hard. But um, but I think so. I think it takes a special mindset. I personally, you know, I started out as, as a junior college coach. Um, you know, I was an assistant in junior college in California. And, you know, I got a break. And, you know, then I just, I just, I always had this fear of I needed to work harder than everyone around me or I wasn't going to make it because I wasn't a great player. Um, my dad wasn't a coach. You know, I, I had no you know, um, olive branch out there just dangling me there. I had to, I had to do it all myself. I felt like, and, um, so I like guys like that. I like grinders. I, I, everyone's different. Um, but I always look for, um, coaches that have been at lower levels have had success at lower levels. Um, you'll see in my hiring practice, I I'm always going to talk to people, um, and potentially hire people that have been, uh, are either sitting head coaches at lower levels or have been at lower levels and had success because I know what that's like. I, I mean, you know, it's when you, when, when all you've done is fly around on, you know, charter planes and then you come down to like a job like this where you're, Hey, you're recruiting, but it's very little and you're going to have to get in a car and go five or six hours. You know, if you've never had to do that, then it's just a different world. What could an assistant coach do 
to kind of get over that hump in your mind and prove that they can handle and are ready for that jump? Um, you know, I, I said this to you before, you know, I think that there's a, there's a very, there's a huge difference in being a good basketball coach and having the ability to run a basketball program, two entirely different things. And I think that you have to be really, really good. And, you know, you have to be a really good coach. You have to be a really good recruiter. Those two are given, you know, you have to be able to deal with your players you know, can you deal with, do you have crisis management skills? Can you manage people? Um, you know, can you manage a budget? Can you, you know, can you, can your program enhance the university, enhance the athletic department? How can you show that kind of skill set? I would, um, and I was very blessed with this, but I would really encourage all the young coaches out there to, to ask their head coaches, Hey, can I go with speaking engagements with you? Um, you know, if there's any time that you can't do it, can I fill in? Um, just the more experiences you get, the better. Work on campus. You know, all the people who are in your administration, wherever you're at, is trying to get the next administration job. So have relationships with them and keep those relationships. And, and it could be 20 years later down the road and that person is a deputy AD or an AD at a place where you want to go, where it works. And if you've kept that relationship, um, that's how it all works. And, and I've seen so many coaches, Adam, get into this where, you know, you're head down and you work and it's, it's important. You have to have that, but you also have to take, you know, an hour or two a week and work on your network, work on your skill set outside of the gym and recruiting. Um, and my boss, Steve Cleveland was, uh, was a master at it. He taught me that from the time I was 24 years old and, and I've, you know, I've done it my whole career. Yeah. I'm so glad you said that because I feel like so many coaches, you know, they get into these clashes with the facilities director or the compliance sure. person. And those, you know, I, I went to NACTA one year just to, which that's a mm -hmm. whole other story. More coaches should go to that, but Amen. I went to NACTA one year and I saw all these people that I had worked with. I was a GA at Clemson years ago, and yep. now they're assistant ADs, associate ADs. And I was like, I didn't know you guys were, you know. That's right. But of course, like they're just trying to move up just like we are. No question. No question. And I, I say it all the time. And, you know, like when I was here and everywhere I've been, you know, I've always had my one, one assistant deal with admissions, right? One assistant deal with financial aid. One assistant deal with scheduling of our facility. One of them obviously doing scheduling and, and, and budget. Okay. So all my assistants, each of them had those different responsibilities and the, the whole reason. And, and some of them looked at me like, what are you talking about? I'm like, well, you have to learn how to deal with people on campus. What does an admission person actually look like and deal with and get to know them? And all those things really matter. And, and I would really push um, the young coaches out there to, to, to be with, if, to have your head coach give you some of those responsibilities, um, they become a pain in the butt. I'm not going to lie to you, but it will teach you so many things and not having relationships with your administration, um, is really, and not just the AD is, is, is a killer. Um, because all those people are trying to, who knows where they're going to be 20 years from now. 
Um, you know, I'll, I'll tell you this, McNeese State, okay? I was an assistant coach at Wyoming in 2001, 2001, 2002. The assistant AD was Bruce Hiphill. And, you know, walk by once in a while. Hey, Bruce, how you doing? Hey, Heath, down the hallway. Go to the Christmas party, whatever. Have some eggnog, you know, whatever, okay? And, you know, kept the relationship for a while and then it kind of fizzled out. Um, I saw him. He was the AD here and um, his team came to NC State. And when I was coaching there and I look, you know, you look on the web, and I know Bruce. Well, I went and found him, talked to him. We had a cup of coffee, what have you. Well, lo and behold, two years later, this job opens and, and I have a relationship back from 2001. Well, you know, that's how it all works, you know, is, you know, just truly treating people the right way, um, you know, having some polish about yourself, writing thank you notes, um, and, and being authentic, you know, I mean, whether I got, had this job or not, you know, I enjoy people, Adam, you know, I enjoy people, I enjoy helping people be authentic and, um, and good things that happen for you. Okay, last thing for me before we open it up uh, okay. for Q&A here. Uh, what, what are your non-negotiables for any potential coaching candidates? Um, I have a few. I think that, uh, you know, one, one of the non-negotiables is um, obviously your ethics and your morals. Um, you know, are you going to run, you know, a good program? Um, number two are, is are you going to enhance the culture of the athletic department? If you're someone that's going to go rogue and someone that's going to have to be want to be bigger than the than the department, um, I have a hard time with that. Those are really the the two biggest ones, and um, you know, and then obviously the third one goes without saying, but you know how you treat your kids. You know, um, I, you know, I'm a I always coach my kids hard and held them accountable. I want coaches that do that, but I also want them to to leave here and and say simply, if I had to do it over again, I'd have come back here. Um, I, I live that way as a coach is, you know, at the end of it, and I always said that in recruiting, you know, I want that kid and that family to go, you know what, Hey, there were some good times, bad times. And there were some times that, you know, I disagreed, what have you, right. It's going to happen over two, three, four years, but at the end, I would have, I would have done it all over again. I love it. Heath, thanks so much. Um, sure. let's open it up for, for questions. If you guys do have questions, feel free to hit the little raise your hand button or uh, drop drop a line in the chat and we'll call on you. Uh, make sure you introduce yourself and uh, we'll get to as many as we can. We left them speechless, Pete. Uh-oh, golly, come on. I, I was looking for the little hand. Oh, Alex, <laughs> you can go. <laughs> Alex, you can go. Uh, it's... It's been hard to find the hand in 2013 and you got to do it digitally. You can't just hold your hand up anymore. I, I hear you. Uh, Alex Lloyd, I'm an assistant with the Memphis Hustle in the G League. Awesome. Uh -huh. uh, one of my questions, you touched on this a little bit a couple times about enhancing the culture of the athletic department. Uh, as a coach and now as an administrator, what are some of the best ways that you've seen people within the department um, while they're coaching, enhance the culture for other teams and administrators? Great question. I think number two things that pop in my head. Number one is positivity. Um, every, every, everywhere right now, whether you're in the G League, the league, Division One, Division Two, wherever, budgets are getting harder and harder, right? Money, money is dried up. So do you 
do you come in with a positive attitude every day? You know, do you smile every day? Do you walk down the hallway and, you know, and say, hello, everything's great. I mean, it's a positivity. And then I also think supporting other sports on campus, um, having your team go to the softball game, have your team go to a soccer game, because especially in basketball and in football, they're always want, you know, Hey, we need, we need a crowd to come. We need the fans to come. We need students to come. Well, if you just went and got another 300 student athletes to come, it would help solve your problem, but you have to go out to them too. You know, if you take your basketball team out and you sit for seven innings and watch the softball team, it goes a long way, you know, and, and I don't think enough coaches do that. I don't think enough coaches think that way. Um, you know, just little things too, but like when, when gear comes in, you know, take gear to, and have your kids take gear to the president, take gear to the VP, take, it doesn't have to be a lot, uh, you know, a McNeese basketball t-shirt. Hey, thanks for all you're doing. Wanted to give that to you. Little things like that that just help enhance um, the positivity of your department, I think go a long, long way. Oh, those are great. Thank you. Thank you. All right, Brian, go ahead. Well, first and foremost, I, I appreciate this, Heath, and, and I'm uh, dear to McNeese State. Um, Bridget Martin uh, ah. gave, gave me my start in coaching back in uh, 2000. So the reason why I, I bring that up is because that's when McNeese had to change the logo because of Wyoming. So oh, there's yeah. the connection. That's right. That's there's right. the connection. But um, I, I just wanted to kind of ask, you know, in, in terms of, you know, if, if an assistant coach is is kind of has their eye on on a conference team, you know, just because of you know the passion that they know about them, how what's the right protocol to to start learning about that? And, and I know it's it's very touchy. I know there's some ads that say we don't mind to mentor other people, but then you're stepping on toes toes of the coaching staff there. Like, how, like what is the right way to do that? So if I understand, so you're, you have your eye on, or you're, you know, you're passionate about another program within your league um, from a coaching position. So how do you go about learning about that or, you know, getting in front of those people? Is that what I'm, is that? That's I'm correct. Thinking? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It, Cause, cause obviously you, you brought it up, grow your network and just, sure. you know, that type of thing. I, 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 I'm more respect and I don't want to do that, but I don't sure. know if there's a right protocol to do it. No, I, I think that, um, that's a hard, it's very hard. It's a, it's a slippery slope, but I think the only way you should can do it or should do it, Brian is, um, you know, I would talk to the head coach, you know, when you see that person on the road and coach on the road, I would talk to them and I, I love what you do. Um, you know, can I, I mean, can I, you know, take you to get, get a cup of coffee um, and just pick their brain and not about their out of bounds play. Right. Like, you know, you're right. going to get them to, um, you know, not almost relax and not think that, hey, you're trying to, A, get my job or B, you know, trying to get all my secrets, but, you know, empower them to, to allow them to help you. And then through that, I think you can learn more about the institution. Um, but I, I think the only way to do it with ethically is, is, is truly go through the head coach and, uh, um, and just be upfront and just tell them, I love what you do. I love your program. Tell me how, tell me what's good about your school. You know, that, that to me, that's the only way that I would do it. 
Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I appreciate that. Thank you. Absolutely. And please tell Bridget I said hello. I will do that, Brian, for sure. Okay. Any other questions? Anybody? All right. We got a quiet group today. Well, Heath, thanks again for coming on with us. Oh, I'm sorry. We got one came in right oh, next good. time. Fred, go Come ahead. On. Yeah, I had a question for you. Uh, I'm a guy who's been out of it for a couple of years. You know, this year I really try to, I was going to try to really make an impact in trying to get back and uh, uh, network a lot more. But with COVID, uh, a lot of that stuff didn't happen. Uh, what would you be, what would, what's the best way to, to get back and get out? get get back and network you know I was coaching for a while like I said just you know you know how it is sometimes it happened then you know you get out of it uh what's what's the best way to get back into it if you're if you've been out for a couple years or is there a good way um not to be funny but the first thing I would do is I would call and figure out how to go meet with Adam um and I think that um you know you, you, you have to be able to get to people who can touch a lot of people. Um, and I mean that sincerely. I would really try to reach out to Adam, um, figure out a way to, to really have some conversations with him. Um, and then I would go back and, and I would talk to the other people that I've worked for and, and you know, the people that, you, that know you and, and say, hey, where, you know, how can I get back in? And, I, you know, I'm, and the question you have to ask, I think, is are you willing to start um, you know, potentially in, at the bottom, are you potentially, are you, you know, do you, are you willing to, to go in in a, um, in a role that you, you maybe didn't have when you left the game? Um, just because that's a lot of times how it goes. And, but I think that's a question for you that you have to answer. And I would rely on the people that, um, that were there and that you worked with before. And then honestly, guys like Adam, you know, I'd reach out to them and, um, you know, I mean, I, I mean, there's a lot of people out there that, that have um, a lot of people that they talk to, if you will. And, uh, you know, I think that's really, really important. Um, and, you know, there is no final four this year. COVID has made a lot of things really, really hard, uh, but that's where I would start. I guess another thing then going off that, unfortunately, like most of my coaches I've worked for are no longer coaching. A couple of them passed away, a couple of them retired. Some of them are completely out of the business. Like I said, there's few, but like I said, that's just something that, you know, I, I completely understand that too. So, mm -hmm. yeah. So, all right. I appreciate your help. Absolutely. Okay. Um, let's go to James. Go ahead, James. Appreciate uh, your time this afternoon, whenever. Sure. Uh, James Cavall from Caltech. Um, so what is the best way um, through your experiences, both as an assistant and now as an administrator and obviously as a head coach, that an assistant with no head experience um, could land a head job maybe over some people who do have some experience? Well, I think that uh, that's always a tricky deal, um, James, is um, I think that the way you do that is, is truly through, you know, being able to, to network and know um, the athletic director. Um, mm. It's hard to it's hard for an athletic director to hire someone who's never sat in the chair over people who have sat in the chair, especially if they know them. Um, but if, you know, how you carry yourself, how, uh, you know, it all comes back to networking 
Um, and you, you know, and I say this all the time, you know, I mean, don't, don't spend all of your time on just networking because you have to do a good job. You know, no one's going to hire anyone who doesn't do a really good job of where they're at. But I think it comes down to, and I say this in, in to when I talk to all young coaches, truly organizing your day. Like every day from 745 to 8 o'clock, I write handwritten notes. That's me. And I try to have my day set up that way because it's easy for your time to just kind of disappear. And I really, like I set alarms on my phone. Hey, this is the time when, you know, I need to do this. This is the time when I need to do this. So, but there has to be a time where you, you know, where you spend, you know, developing relationships with people, um, you know, going, having a list of, of people that you want to go and contact, like as from a, from an administrator, you know, I have a list of donors, you know, that I call once a week. I have some that I call every other week, you know, and it's just the same thing I did when, when I was recruiting is, uh, you know, as an assistant, if you only call the AAU coach or the junior college coach, when you want a player, <laughs> it doesn't work out very well. But if you call him when he has no players, when you go look at, watch his team, when he doesn't have any players for you, when they do, it, it helps you. So it's just, those are the kind of things I think that, uh, that I've done in, in my career and I would encourage you to do. So, you know, to get back to your, the meat of your question is, um, you know, that person needs to feel comfortable with you and you have to do the job to make them feel comfortable um, with you. And that's over the course of time, developing relationships and working your tail off. And, um, you know, I say all the time, you know, when you go, don't dress for the job you have, dress for the job you want. Um, when you're going to, to warm-ups, make sure you go and meet the score, people at the scores table. You know, when you go on the road, wherever you're at, you know, the opposing AD is, try to figure out our assistant AD, try to figure out a way just to meet them and say hello and introduce yourself. And, and then when you get back on campus, write them a note and develop a relationship with them. And then you start, and that's, and it's tedious. It's, it, it's a lot, but this world it's not a what world, it's a who world. And, you know, if you, if you have relationships with people and you're authentic, good stuff happens for you. I appreciate it. Thank you. Yes, sir. Um, okay. Let's see here. Um, let's go to Haley. Haley's got players coming in and out of her office. <laughs> available. Yes. Sorry. Um, Haley King, Coastal Carolina Women's Basketball, currently awesome. the Assistant Athletic Director um, here, and absolutely loving my job, um, and strictly want to be on the administration side. Um, don't want to coach it at all. Um, never had that desire to coach. Um, know sure. the X's and O's enough, but still want to be on the administration side. So how do you make the jump from uh, the Dobo side into the administration side? Is it going um, into you know, marketing? Is it going into the compliance side of it? How do you make that next step? Oh, that's a great question. Um, you know, I, I think that if, I think there's a lot of ways to get there. Um, you know, I mean, obviously the, you know, I was a coach that became an administrator. So um, I think there's a lot of different ways. You know, I think that in today's world, if, if you had a choice, I would get into external. Um, you know, I would get into the external side of it where, 
you know, you're out and about and you're representing the institution, you're raising money, um, you know, you're putting on events um, because I think the trend from administrator standpoint is, is one of that. But um, I think it comes down simply, um, you know, Haley is just making the jump and, uh, you know, and, and talking to your administrator, you're obviously you're at Coastal, which is a great place and just, you know, saying, Hey, this is what I want to do. And, and what can I, and, are you willing to take a job, you know, uh, with less money or oh, those things to make your dream come true? Um, that, but there's, I mean, you can go into ticketing, you can go into compliance. There's no one way, right? There's no just one way in or one way to become an AD or a head coach. There's, I mean, there's a lot of ways to do it. But I think that um, being good at what you do, um, treating people right, I know I keep saying it, being truly authentic, um, coming to work every day with a positive mentality. And even, even the days that you don't, you know, people don't know it, you, you know, you still have a smile on your face and, you know, you're picking someone else up. Those people are infectious and people want to be around those kind of people. Thank you. Yes, ma'am. Okay. I think we have time for two more. Is that okay? Coach? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, sure. Okay. Uh, this one's from Tristan Winkleman. He's the head coach at Concordia High School in Texas. He's got a class going on right now. I love uh, it. So he can't. My kind of guy. Yeah, he can't speak up, but he typed in his question. Uh, outside of coaching, what's prepared you the best for the athletic director role? Oof. Um, I think my dad. My dad is a dairy farmer. It's going to sound really funny. Um, but um, my dad's work ethic and you know, my dad always taught me that you don't have to know everything. Um, you just have to surround yourself by really good people and treat people right. And, you know, that's, um, I've, I've just lived, I think that's always been my philosophy. And um, even when I was a head coach, I tried to surround myself by people that were a hell of a lot smarter than me. And, you know, that's what I'm doing as an administrator. So honestly, just from, um, you know, from my dad, who's a dairy farmer, who told me that. And, um, and that's what I've done. Okay, great. Uh, last but not least, Alex, let's go back to you. Thanks. Uh, this came up for me uh, last week. Somebody asked me, would I consider an administrative role in college? And it was something I hadn't really considered. And you touched a bit on still being able to impact lives and be involved in the department from the athletic director's role. And I was just wondering if you could tell me a little bit, you know, as you kind of evaluated that from a coaching standpoint versus administration, you know, how you felt um, you were able to impact lives. And, you know, obviously you're still a competitor, you're still competing, you're doing it from a different chair, kind of sure. how you still scratch that itch um, as an administrator versus a coach. You know, it's, it's funny, uh, Alex, because that was my biggest thing that I worried about of making the jump is how do I feed my competitiveness? You know, I'm such a competitor and, you know, okay, accomplish one goal and I want the next one. And you know, how do I feed that? Um, so for me, it was, okay, how do I get every sport better? Um, how can I raise more money than they've done? Um, how can I make, make us become more efficient and trying to figure out ways to win, you know, um, and then I think from a how to impact lives, you just think about it, you know, from this chair and from the administrative chair, you, you 
the policies you put into place um, can affect so many people from, you know, their players and athletes academically. Um, you know, how you enhance the weight room affects every student athlete. Um, you know, obviously academically, if you're able to, to generate more funds to, to your department, that obviously helps student athletes, you know, helping the coaches, you know, through a tough time, you know, can really uh, impact other student athletes. So that's what I've really found. Um, it, it, you're just painting from a broader stroke. Um, you know, when you're coaching, you know, you get so locked into one segment, you know, you're, you're 15 guys and your coaches and the good ones get locked in. Um, here, you, you're just, you, you're thinking about, you, you're looking, I say this all the time, you're looking at it from 30,000 feet, not 3,000 feet. So you're just painting broader strokes, but, um, you know, the mission is still the same. The mission's to win and, you know, the win every day. And, you know, from your ticketing office to your compliance to everything, you know, how do you win each day? Um, and when you don't, you evaluate and try to get better. So it is really no different. You're just looking at it from a bigger lens and, um, and painting with broader strokes. Thank you very much. Appreciate your Thank time. you. Thank you, Alex. Heath, thanks so much for joining us. I really oh. appreciate it. This was great. Adam, anytime. Anytime I can help. You guys do a great job. And like I said before, I'm just honored to be, be on here. And uh, anything I can do to help anybody, let me know. Thanks so much. Thanks, okay. everybody. Thanks, Adam. Bye-bye.